Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and we are going to be really discussing on today's podcast what is going to be happening this week. Because uh, as I mentioned last week, um, it was a very top-heavy week, meaning the beginning of the week, there was a lot going on, a lot of good reports, not so much at the end of the week. There just really wasn't anything that we should waste too much time discussing. You know, jobless claims unexpectedly fell, but they were, you know, they're pretty, pretty, uh, historic lows. I mean, for the most part, um, they they remained under two hundred thousand. They unexpectedly fell to one hundred ninety thousand on Thursday, but they're still extremely low. Mortgage rates, of course, jumped up for the fourth week in a row, according to Freddie Mac data, uh, jumping up fifty basis points. Not for the week. Don't want to scare anyone. Not for the week, uh, but for the month. Uh, we did see mortgage rates jump up a little bit last week. And so, you know, we get that data every single week, but there wasn't really a lot going on. There's a lot that is happening this week because it is jobs week and it is a very late jobs week. I will point out um, we're going to be getting the non-farm payroll on March the 10th. I have never seen a jobs report come out this late in the month. I mean, 10 days in, usually it's the first Friday of the month. And I mean, sometimes you'll have uh, a, a month where the first Friday is the first and just sometimes they'll push it back to the eighth, but it was the third on Friday. I mean, it, it turned into March on Wednesday of last week and they still were like, now we're going to, we're going to wait <laughs> until the next week. So I don't know if I've ever seen a jobs report come out 10 days into the month, but that's that's where we are. I mean, I, I get it. February is a short month. I understand that, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they really want to make sure the data is correct because let's face it, all eyes are going to be on this non-farm payroll. I mean, we saw what happened last month, right? I mean, rates were moving in a good direction. I mean, we had uh, Mortgage News Daily reporting that rates had fallen to a five handle. I think it was 5.99, but a five handle. Nonetheless, they were they were in a good place. Uh, jobs report comes out and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> and all of a sudden we get this huge jump in rates for the month. And of course, there's a lot of other data that's tied into that. You know, we got inflation data. We got, um, you know, housing reports. A lot of you know big jump in sales we saw at the beginning of the year. So, you know, all that ties in, but it was really that jobs report that was the catalyst for just sort of the, the bad month for mortgage rates. And so, man, all the loan officers are going to be watching with bated breath as that report comes out on Friday. But it is jobs week, which means that's not the only data that we will be getting. So we'll talk about all the jobs reports. We got some housing data and it's a big week 
for Jerome Powell, he's going to be testifying in front of Congress, in front of both the House and the Senate. We'll talk about that here in a second. But let's recap. Let's recap what happened at the end of last week. So let's start with jobless claims. So jobless claims have been under 200,000 for now six weeks. And every week, the Department of Labor, or excuse me, every week, economists project that jobless claims are going to jump above 200,000. They've been doing that for six weeks. So I thought, here we are, or for the last five weeks, for the sixth week, I thought, okay, they're now going to project that jobless claims will stay under 200,000, but they will increase nonetheless, but they were kind of finally accepting the fact that jobless claims aren't going to jump above 200,000. So I thought, okay, that is what's going to cause jobless claims. (laughs) Like economists have been so wrong about jobless claims. The fact that economists are finally thinking that they're going to stay under 200,000, that claims are going to jump above 200,000. And I like economists were wrong because last week jobless claims fell to 190,000 unexpectedly. So even though economists were projecting a slight jump, a jump nonetheless, and that did not happen, they fell to 190,000. So now we are six weeks where jobless claims have remained under 200,000. Continuing claims, they did fall slightly 5,000 to 1.655 million. That is a little bit better than what economists were projecting. So we got jobless claims falling, mortgage rates, of course, increasing. They jumped 50, once again, 50 basis points, not for the week, (laughs) for the month. They were about 50 basis points after the fourth week in a row of increases And so that was sort of what we saw at the end of last week. Now, there was an interesting report as well from CoreLogic that I think we need to talk about. And that has been on this idea that investors have sort of fled the housing market, that they're they're running out, screaming, they are done, they're selling all of their, their assets, they're getting out of housing. And... That always just seemed, there's, there's just no way. I mean, it, first of all, houses, as everyone knows, aren't very liquid. It's You can't really just all of a sudden decide that you want to sell your house and just sell it, right? You, you got to find someone that wants to buy it. If you're, you know, Wall Street hedge fund, whatever it is, you got to package up all the houses and usually sell them to another hedge fund. And so that's one of the problems with real estate. It's why investors usually unless they focus on real estate, stay away from it because it's it's not liquid. It's it's not easy to jump in and out of an investment. That's why a lot of companies have these real estate funds that you can kind of invest in that sort of mimic what's happening in real estate, but also allow you to kind of jump in and out of it because real estate's not easy to get in and out of. It's it, It's not quick. And so the idea that all of a sudden all these investors were just fleeing just didn't make a lot of sense because it's hard to sell real estate. And a lot of these investors are in kind of the same places. And so if there was this sort of mass exodus, there would be just this plummet of home prices because there'd be this huge spike in inventory. And so we know that investor enthusiasm is way down. 
But CoreLogic is basically reporting that the death of investor buying has been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> that they're still involved. They're just falling back to sort of pre-pandemic norms. And in a lot of cases, they're actually above pre-pandemic levels. So investor purchases of single-family homes percentage-wise held steady at around 26% for the last six months. This is looking at data um, for the start of 2023. Now, during the pandemic craziness, investor purchases did briefly climb above 28% before then falling to 21% in the summer of last year. However, even at the low of the pandemic, 21%, it was still two points above the baseline for the previous two years. So even though we saw this big drop, which once again, we're not there anymore. We've jumped back up 26%. Even at the low of the pandemic, it was still above pre-pandemic levels. Now, there is one category where we are seeing investors really lose a lot of enthusiasm, and that is mega investors. That's the Wall Street, the hedge funds that everyone, of course, got really concerned about for a while, which was never really that big of a concern because when you broke down the numbers, they were never a huge component of investor purchases that will always and has been small time investors, someone buying a second home or maybe a third home or someone that maybe owns a couple homes, but it, it, it was never the behemoths. That was, that was, that was a, a conspiracy theory that existed online that never had any basis in reality. But mega investors have, calm down a lot. So they're purchasing about 6,000 homes a month. This is nationwide uh, in December. That was down from 11,000 at the start of the year and down from about 25,000 at their peak in July of 2021. Now, small investors who make up 48% of investor purchases currently bought the most homes in the final months of 2022 with 36,000 purchases. That's down from 47,000 at the start of the year and down from the peak of almost 70,000 in June of 21. I mean, think about that for a second. So Wall Street reached their peak in the summer of 21 with 25,000 homes a month. Small investors reached their peak in the summer of 2021 with 70,000. That's almost three times as much. And they were already bigger investors to begin with. <laughs> so it kind of does make sense. Uh, purchase activity for medium and small investors fell to 27,000 and 6,000 respectively. Now, another category that really has fallen off, but once again, was not a huge component when it came to investor purchases was I buying. Now, I buying is important because it got its own its own conspiracy theory. I've talked about it many times here on this podcast. It's probably my favorite because I've never seen a conspiracy theory debunked as quickly and as definitively as the I buying conspiracy theory. So, once again to recap, in case you haven't listened before, there was this 
realtor in Las Vegas. I never remember his name. <laughs> it's like, it's, I think it's Sean, Sean something. And he came up with this idea that like Zillow, he didn't say Zillow, but we all knew who he was talking about. It was a big real estate company that was buying up all these homes in particular markets. And they were, they were you know buying up all these homes for below market value. Then they were increasing the price of one without making any repairs, I guess, which creates a comp. And they were selling all the other homes above what they paid for it because of the new comp. And we're making just hand over fist amount of money. It was, it was, they were, they were distorting all of these markets, creating all these problems. It was this big conspiracy. I mean, this, this video by this guy who literally had done no research, he was just making it up, got so much attention that the CEO of Zillow had to release a statement because of that TikTok video. And then what was crazy was like, I think it was a month, maybe like two months. I think it was a month though. It comes out, Zillow announces that they are shuttering their iBuying program. And the reason for it is because it almost bankrupted Zillow. Like they were so bad at buying and selling real estate that all the money they were making in their regular business was almost wiped out by how bad they were at iBuying. And then, you know, we saw a lot of other companies, Redfin, others announcing that they were pulling back on iBuying. And it turns out that, like, it's just, it's not as easy as everyone thought. And so not only were people not making money hand over fist, they were losing a ton of money. A ton. The exact opposite of what everyone thought was happening. So if... 2020 and 2021 was sort of the the emergence of the iBuying conspiracy theory. 2022 was really sort of the realization that it, it is nothing what anyone thought it was. The people who started it, it's not profitable. And the people who thought that it was distorting the housing market, it, it wasn't. <laughs> and so iBuying has has collapsed. So iBuying in the, in the summer of 2021, that was the peak jumped above 6% of all investor purchases. So once again, that's all investor purchases. So here we are, we're talking about, you know, short, uh, or excuse me, small investors are at like 48%. Big investors are, I think, peaking at a little bit over 10%. I buying at its peak was 6% of just investor purchases, which... Investor purchases are a minority. The majority of purchases that happen in this country are people, are are people buying one home, right? For people who are buying primary residence. And so they are 6% of a percent that's not the, I mean, just it, I buying was nowhere near the concern that everyone made it out to be. I mean, there's just so many ways to debunk the conspiracy theories that were so prevalent in 21 and 22. So by September of last year, iBuying dropped to only 1.2% of investor purchases, which is below the pre-pandemic norm of 3%. So iBuying was so unprofitable that it has now fallen below where they were during pre-pandemic levels. So, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, the pandemic just destroyed iBuying. And so what's happening with investor purchases is they're going back to 
pre-pandemic levels. And so it looks like they're seeing this huge collapse in investor purchases, which, yeah, I mean, things were at a peak in the summer of 21 and 22 was very popular. And so things are just falling back to normal levels. It's not dissimilar to what's happening with, once again, regular residential primary home buyers. Those are fall now, of course, they did fall to a 28 year low <laughs> two weeks ago with regards to mortgage demand. Uh, but we are seeing just sort of a, a return to normal, which looks like, oh, my God, things are plummeting, which they're really just going back to the way things were. So that was the big report that we got from CoreLogic on Friday. So as I mentioned, it's going to be a busy, busy week and it's busy throughout the whole week. So Monday, nothing really happening, which is fine. Tuesday, of course, is when things start heating up. At nine o'clock, we will be getting CoreLogic's home price index for January, the redheaded stepchild of the Case Schiller Index, uh, but always the first report that we get for the month. Interesting to see where home prices are at the beginning of 23. You know, are we getting closer to that point where home prices are now falling year over year? We'll have a better idea of that uh, at nine o'clock on Tuesday morning. Then all eyes are going to be on Fed Chair Jerome Powell as he testifies on Tuesday. Hence, we're talking about Tuesday to the Senate Banking Committee at 10 a.m. So at 9 a.m. we get CoreLogic Home Price Index. 10 a.m., Jerome Powell testifying in front of the Senate Banking Committee and what he has to say about future rate hikes. At 3 o'clock, total consumer credit is expected to double or almost double from where we were in December, or I should say the increase is double. Uh, in December, total consumer credit jumped by $11.6 billion. Economists are projecting that January's jump is going to be 22 billion. So people are 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 that that's that's the retail spending numbers. If you want to know where the retail money's coming from, where are people getting this money to continue shopping at these levels? There is your answer. Uh Wednesday's busy. We got a busy Wednesday, of course, starting at 7 a.m. with mortgage demand and rates from the Mortgage Bankers Association, our first jobs report, the ADP report out at 815, su- supposed to show. Almost 200,000 jobs created in February, 195,000 to be exact. And then at 8.30, the trade deficit is expected to rise to $69 billion. At 10 a.m., we got Jerome Powell testifying in front of the House Finance Committee. And then also at 10 a.m., we got the JOLTS report. That's job openings. They're supposed to fall to $10.6 million. And then at 2 o'clock, we get the Fed Beige Book. So, whew. Just saying all of that tired me out. So Wednesday is a busy day. Thursday, we got jobless claims. They're supposed to rise to 195,000. Then, of course, Freddie Mac will have its weekly mortgage rate Thursday or mortgage rate survey on Thursday. <laughs> and then Friday, man, oh, man, the big, big non-farm payroll report for February 200,000. That is the magic number. They are looking for 200,000. If you would like to see mortgage rates drop, then you're hoping for like 100,000. <laughs> a big miss 
is what you are hoping for. If we get another report with like half a million jobs created, man, oh man. It'll also be interesting to see um, if there are any corrections from the previous month because a lot of people thought that that jobs report for January was just, was, was nuts. And that there had to have been some seasonal adjustment mistake. And so if there's like a big 300,000 correction, that could also be big. Even if the number comes in at 200, if there's a huge correction for last month because of seasonal adjustment error, that would also get a lot of attention and be good, I think, for rates, which everyone cares about. (laughs) So it's a busy week. We're going to get to all of it here on markets and mortgages. And, oh, I will be doing one more show in my current studio. And then uh, I am moving. So I will have a a new place to record this podcast. And I don't know when I'm going to get to video right away. I'll keep doing the audio version, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do video right away. We'll see. It might be kind of a trial and error situation so we'll see what happens here uh but i do have one more show here so no 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 disruptions or anything at least uh until the next show and then after that we will see we will see what happens but you guys enjoy your monday enjoy your week it's going to be a busy week we will talk to you again on wednesday morning for oh oh actually you know what we'll do a tuesday show since i'll still be here um in this last Last show in the studio. We'll do one Tuesday morning. We'll, well, let's look at we got what do we got to? We got the core logic report. Yeah, we'll talk about the core logic report. Home prices on Tuesday morning live on Twitter. We will be there for at least a live show. Uh, but until Tuesday, you guys enjoy your day. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs> 